Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Dan Hornacek back with uh, Leading on the Frontlines podcast. Uh, I'm going to try. I failed on the uh, video for the first time for the YouTube channel. I thought I recorded it, but it actually um, didn't record the way I wanted it to. So um, I wasn't able to upload it to YouTube, but I am going to be posting my episodes on YouTube as well. So if you want to follow me there, it's the same same name, Leading on the Frontlines. Uh, you should be able to find it on YouTube by searching it that way. So today, um, so welcome again, episode two, Leading on the Frontlines. Excited to be here. It's kind of our first real episode. Uh, I think the time-wise, I'm going to try to keep it, like I said, to like 20 minutes or so until I get into interviews. So it's exciting. I think that the topic today is one that I've had the most resistance on, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. And most leaders have a really hard time taking this one in and being able to um, just basically understand where the concept comes from and taking responsibility in doing it. So today's episode is called It's My Fault. And the reason it's called that is because as a manager, um, I think that people look at it the wrong way when you're managing. Shit rolls uphill when you're a manager. So basically what the concept is, is that if there is a person or a team that you are above and they are failing in certain areas or or a specific metric or if there's multiple metrics that they're just not hitting, realistically, the the tendency is to blame the team. It's it's to find a reason why there's um, either low motivation or there's lack of buy-in or they just don't um, understand or, or take the time to understand the metric and what goes into it. They're not taking time to understand the operation or they're not looking from the big picture, um, you know, 30,000 foot view of what they're responsible for. Uh, th- I mean, the list goes on and on, really. The, the key piece to this, though, is that all of those things that I just described are the manager's responsibility to make sure that their employees have a good understanding of. So a a really good example, we'll kind of use uh, operations. That's kind of the majority of of my my background on this. So we'll we'll use operations. So operations is great because it's such a metric-driven job. I mean, everything you do is you're looking at, obviously it depends on the type of operation you're doing, but you have productivity reports, you have KPIs, you have, um, you know, for, for me in, in package logistics. So, um, I did, I managed sort operations. So we measured throughput. So the amount of packages per hour being worked, and then you have, you know, how is it being stacked within the trucks or the trailers? Um, what's the speed in which it's being unloaded? What's the damage rate? What's the uh, processing time on you know different types of packages? What's the um, what's called a repack r- limit on, on each one? What's the scanning metric? That was obviously a big one um, with those bigger companies such as UPS and FedEx. You know they have very strict scanning goals. So all of these things were my responsibility. So. Obviously, my managers that I managed, or even prior to having managers when I was just managing package handlers, um, it was obviously my responsibility to train them. Yes, we had trainers and, and things like that, but if I had a particular employee that was falling behind on specific metrics, realistically, it's, it's my job as the manager to figure out 
what's going on? What's the root cause of the problem? And when looking at that, typically speaking, the last thing managers think about is themselves failing. They, they look at the problem as, you know, we're not hitting our, our scanning goal. You know, Johnny in the trailer is just being lazy and not scanning. Or it could be one of many things, and this is where it kind of falls on the manager. You know, where is the, the weak link in the chain? Is it in the unload? Are they putting, you know, the, the package the right way to be able to scan it? Um, was the package handler loading it properly trained in understanding that you scan the package before you pick it up and, and stack it? You know, it's simple things like that for us, you know, people who are in the position of we already know how to do all this stuff. Um, but it's it's another to kind of put yourself back in the shoes of someone who just doesn't know. And so when you're having realistically, a lot of these conversations are the difficult ones. Right, so you're sitting there, and you have to talk to either a manager that that um, that you're over, or talk to one of your employees. Who you know, these people are not hitting a metric or not hitting a goal on such a consistent basis that you need to talk to them. Right, so that's that's a whole uh, episode in and of itself with you know um, criticism and, and things like that. But what we're talking about here is is how can you have the conversation of hey, you're not hitting this metric, but have it in a way where the employee isn't going to walk away feeling completely defeated to where, you know, they might be motivated to do it by fear of losing their job. They might be motivated to do it because they want you as the manager to like them. Um, I think a little bit of humility um, in those conversations of being able to say, like, listen, you know, what's going on with, we'll just use the scanning example. I think that's a good one. So, you know what's going on. I've noticed your your scanning is below goal. It's trending this way for a few days or a few weeks or, or what have you. Um, what do you think's going on? And hear what they have to say. And the key piece to this is listening to them and sitting and listening to find out: is it a training issue? Is it an external issue? You know, is there some, just something going on at home where they're just not their head isn't in it, etc. You know, and obviously you're you're trying to be empathetic to what's going on, of course, but you really should be thinking about like, okay, I'm hearing that they're going through a lot at home. Maybe I shouldn't have them in charge of scanning. I should maybe have them in charge of unloading because it's simpler. Uh, it's not as complex. There's not things that they can miss. Um, so to kind of bring it back to it's my fault is if you have these conversations with your employees where you know, it's a, a critical or a criticism-based conversation. So same example. And you're like, hey, you're not hitting your goals. You need to hit them. What, what is that going to offer your employee? Um, sitting there and saying or listening and then finding out that they just aren't trained accurately um, or properly or the trainer failed in that. You can simply say to yourself, like, I failed my employee by not making sure they were trained correctly. Um, and this is this is kind of a cool concept because I know we've been talking about an operations perspective, but even from like an administrative perspective, you know, if you have, and again, I'll use operations as an example, if you have an administrative person, so someone who is either checking in, you know, delivery drivers on, you know, do they scan all their packages? 
do they process international packages correctly? Um, you know, did they account for payroll correctly? If, if that's kind of one of your one of the jobs that happens, did they follow the budget in ordering just office supplies? I mean, there's there's so many different things that could potentially be construed, and it might be their fault, and that's fine. You can still have that that conversation from the perspective of you know we can't have this again. But I think it kind of falls back into that servitude mentality of you want to sit there and figure out, A, what happened, right? That's, that's obvious. But B, what can you do as the manager in the future to, it's self-serving, right? It, it not happen again, right? So your goals as the manager, the ones that you're looked at, um, are still going to be met. But at the same time, I think that if you're having a conversation with an employee and you're capable of telling them, I didn't train you well enough. And so I'm going to take the time myself, or if you have trainers or what have you, to make sure that you have a good understanding of this. If you put yourself in, in their shoes of, wow, like he's, him or her, um, are taking the time, they, they, they care about me succeeding. And by having that, that little bit of humbleness in saying that, I, I didn't do my job to serve you the right way. It's my fault that this is happening, at least on the first conversation, right? Um, I think that goes a long way with people. And that kind of is going to fall into um, our next episode on um, how you can serve your employees. I think that by saying that it's my fault, um, and I think everybody should, I think you should physically say it's my fault. Like when you're by yourself and you get that email from your boss if you're not hitting metrics or if you're sitting there looking at, at your reports and whatnot. I think it's important. I think it, it keeps you level-headed to look at things from a different perspective. I said earlier that it's a self-serving mindset, right? And it, and it really is. A lot of, of what managers do is self-serving in the respect that it's there to help them hit their goals, right? Um, but a piece of that, I think, that can get overlooked is just because you're you're trying to focus in on achieving a metric or what have you doesn't mean that you're not making an impact on your, your employees at the same time. So when we're looking at the concept of it, it being my fault, right, that in a way is kind of like a solemn feeling. It's, it takes you down a notch and that's where the humbleness kind of comes in and by approaching an employee that way I think you can be more empathetic I think that you come from a place of wanting to help a place of servitude to your people and ultimately by having that humbleness they're going to innately respect you more um, to sit there and have a manager you know to kind of take a pause and to listen to what's going on, um, regardless of if it's within their life or just within their uh, shift at work. Maybe they're just having a bad week. Who knows? But it allows you to really kind of dig in and create that relationship where not only should it be easier for you from a leadership perspective to sit there and be like, you know what, I screwed up here, right? Um, but you might learn something more from your employee. They're the ones doing the job every single day not you, right? You're overseeing, you're observing, um, but they're the ones ultimately that are doing the process, right? And a lot of times 
we set up these processes and never actually do them. Or we did them in one certain scenario, but never um, all the different subjective scenarios that happen that we never really either see or we see them, but we don't see how it affects the process. And by sitting there and saying like, hey, what's going on with this? You know, didn't I, did, have I not trained you? Um, or, you know, it's my fault for not looking at this scenario a little deeper and seeing this ahead of time so you were able to succeed and like whatever it might be. I think that's a, a pretty key concept when we're talking about being able to understand your operation um, that you manage. So I think that is a good stopping point <laughs> for episode number two. But um, again, I think it's very important to, you know, when us as, as managers or, or leaders look in the mirror and we say that I'm not hitting a specific goal, I think it, it we owe ourselves to be able to um, openly say that I failed, I messed up, or... Um, I lacked these employees by, you know, not rewarding them, not congratulating them, not uh, training them accurately, um, you know, not putting in the time on the front end. So now it's it's hurting me now uh, to be able to say that even if it's just with yourself, you don't necessarily need to say it to an employee. But I think it's very important. And I think that um, it will really be a game changer and your overall mindset, just with everything, with with conversations with your boss, with conversations with your employees, with peers, um, especially with management peers, because a lot of people like to get a little defensive if, if things are brought up. But um, by saying things such as, it's my fault for not bringing this to you sooner. Like that's, that's a very diffusing uh, thing to say to someone, and it could really change the tone of the conversation. So, um, so again, all you managers out there that are listening to this, it is your fault. <laughs> for, <laughs> and uh, I think it's important to remember. And uh, next week, I think, like I said, we're going to be talking about um, more servitude towards your employees. I think that uh, that's a good uh, transition into that, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. So again, this is Dan Hornacek with Leading on the Front Lines podcast, and uh, excited to get on YouTube. Please comment. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, if you could, you know, shoot me a rating or review. That always helps, um, you know, get get the voice out there. So again, I'm trying to, you know, lead the way of having real conversations. And I think by admitting that it's your fault is a good starting point. So get out there and help others lead on the front lines. Mm-hmm.